find something you love and build it. Build it and make it duplicatable, predictable, and consistent. And then have that fund your ideal lifestyle. Because I feel like we don't all get into business to run a business. I think business is a means to an end. So we need to find out what that end is and then work our ass off and then we get there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Max Maxwell Show, the pod, the show, whatever you want to call it. It's dope. And you know I continue to bring dope guests. And today is no different. You know, actually, I met this person on a Zoom call and realized this person was way smarter than me. I said, I got to bring you on the show because I got to tell my audience about the things that I've seen you do. So welcome to the show, the pod, no other than Michelle from South Florida. How are you? I'm great. You sure? I'm perfect. I'm here. I, <laughs> I'm here, ain't I? Yeah. Yo, check this out. So when you, when I, you and I jumped on a, mm-hmm. a Zoom call and then we started talking about some things and you showed right. me a lot of your system and processes. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, you, <laughs> because I know in the beginning when I started my business, one of my downfalls, I talk about this on stage a lot, is I didn't document my process in order to, mm-hmm. I didn't start with the end in mind when I first started my business. I didn't document the things that I needed to do. But before we get to that point of where mm-hmm. you are, because I think you're a genius at that thing, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Tell us kind of your, your start or what were you doing prior to getting into wholesaling and running an you know, operation down in South Florida? Well, I mean, I was working like everybody else, nine to five. Um, I had a telemarketing job. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that for about five years and I was thought, you know, this is good. I got a good paying job. Everybody said, I think I was making $15 an hour and everybody I knew was making 10. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing better than everybody else. Yeah. This is good. Um, but the corporate culture was just not for me. I watched people get laid off, been there 10 years, just pat on the back, see ya, Dang. over something crazy. Like, you know, you said the wrong thing at the wrong time. They were laying off people. So I'm like, okay, something's going on here. I need to start to make a backup plan. So I just started to kind of like feel my way around and say like, what can I do? I know that I wanted to build something. I just didn't know what it mm-hmm. was. So I stumbled across um, an ad in a magazine that was offering a free real estate conference. So I was like, okay, let me go over there and see what they're talking about. And obviously it was a pitch for a bigger plan and a membership. It's so crazy how many people found out about like real estate and wholesale through those Mm -hmm. hotel traveling pitch companies exactly it was one of those so i was like okay you know i'm gonna go and see what it's about they mentioned wholesaling just mentioned it i was like wholesaling us and they're saying you don't need no money you can you know find deals for investors you sound like me i'm like okay over here (laughs) i don't have no money (laughs) so um they offered a, a pitch for a program and I didn't have the money to take yeah. the program. It was just not, it was too expensive for me. And they were telling you to get your credit cards yeah. out. We'll call, we'll show you how to call and raise it. My friend Christina did that. Yeah. Like 90,000. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but I just, I just, I just, I didn't have it. I didn't have the credit. Yeah, it I didn't even, even have the credit. It was not an option. It wasn't an option for me. So I'm like, okay, they said wholesaling. So let me go online to see what this wholesaling thing is about. So I typed it in and the whole world opened up. That's when, you know, I run into... People like yourself, people mm-hmm. like uh, the first guy that I followed on YouTube, his name was uh, Ty. 
the flip man oh oh the fl- yeah, yeah, yeah 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 from uh, i think he's from alabama yeah yeah so i saw him and he was talking about oh you can lock up deals for ten dollars deposit i'm like okay i got ten dollars i got ten dollars <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and let's see what this is about so uh i went ahead and you know he said you know find buyers find find deals so i'm like okay i'm gonna start in my neighborhood i was just started I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, okay, let's see some people over there flipping a house. Let me this go was talk in the South them. Florida area? Yeah. Okay. And what? Well, how long ago was this? 2009. Okay. So crash had happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it was after the crash. So everybody thought I was a little crazy because I was getting into real estate when real estate was bad. But I'm like, well, But you didn't, you didn't know that much about it to even know. I mean, you knew it was bad, but you didn't know what that really meant. I didn't I, know I'm what assuming. it meant. I didn't yeah. know what it meant. I, I had no, nothing to compare it to. Correct. So uh, long story short, I found a deal. Like a couple blocks from my house, older couple selling a property. They were uh, relocating, and then I found the buyer like on the next block over because he was doing a rehab. So I really I locked up the deal with the seller. And two blocks, hey, you want to buy this property for five grand more than I locked it up? He's like, yeah, let's look at it. He went back over there. We looked at the house. He's like, okay, where do we sign? We went to the title company, and that was my first deal. That easy. That easy, quick. And you, did you, so like watching these videos, like the flip man, myself and other people that you found, what, like, what gave you the confidence? Because you know, there's a lot of people that watch and never take action. What gave you the confidence to kind of take action? That's a really good question. Cause I see, I see the people come in and not take any action. And I, I was like, what was it that made me think I could do that? And for me, it was like, I didn't have anything to lose. Why not? Why not? What's the worst that can happen? A no. That's it. <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to go make some offers. I don't know. I didn't even know what I was going to do with the deal. I didn't know if nobody, if I was going to have to cancel. Yeah. But I didn't care. I'm like, okay, what's the worst that can happen here? And um, it wound up being the first of several hundred deals. That's dope. Several hundred wholesale deals later. And here I am. And you know, it, it kind of like, what I, I created this program and I had this saying called your one deal away. It really was a saying, right? I was mm-hmm. like, yo, when I was doing in 2019, when I was traveling the entire country doing free pop-ups, I was saying, you're only one deal away. And kind of what, what it means is your, your definition. You, you went out, you found mm-hmm. something, you made five grand, mm-hmm. right? But it, 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 was, it wasn't the money that, no. it was the proof of concept that, wait, I've been watching, I've been listening, and this actually works. Yeah. Let's go gangbusters now. Absolutely. And you know what? It was funny because when it when I first did it, I'm like, oh, no, this is something's wrong. That can't be that easy. Like, I felt like I was doing <laughs> something illegal or something. I'm like, no, they're going to come get me. This can't be that simple that I just walked across, a couple of blocks later to a flipper and offered him the paper and he paid me for the paper for the paper, which was essentially <laughs> for people that are like watching. She she sold her equitable interest in this contract, mm-hmm. and the other guy promised to perform based upon what she wrote. So simply, she told a seller, "Okay, I'll give you I'll give you a hundred thousand," and the seller's like, "Great, great deal." She found a guy that would give her five thousand for that same contract to go execute for the hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Essentially, creating a five thousand dollar gap, which went to you for the mm-hmm. paper that you created. Right, and. That guy was was happy because now he gets to go out and use his cruise, flip this house, and right. and create more value, add more value to that property, yeah, and then sell it for a profit. It was a win win. He did an amazing job. He flipped the house. I even came back, checked out the work. Uh, new family moved in. They they loved it. So it was like a win win for everybody. People moved on, did what they had to do, and I made five grand. 
So at what point did you start to think, okay, this is not a fluke. Let me try it. Let me do I can do this again. And what point did you say, this is, okay, this is real, real? Because the first deal is like yeah. concept. When did you say was this is real, real? Probably after my fifth or sixth deal, it's like, okay, this, this could be a business. Okay, here we go. This is like, I could actually do this for a living, not for just some extra money. Um, I was still working for the first year. Mm-hmm. So I worked and did wholesaling for the first year. And I waited till I have about, I had about maybe $10,000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do, and I was working full, I was working part-time, a couple hours in, in evening. So I'm like, all right, I'm going full-time with this. Because if I could do, and I was making maybe 10 grand a month, if I could do 10 grand a month working part-time, then full-times, it's got to be much, much better. Yeah, so yeah. I took the plunge, went full-time, and um, it wasn't all rainbows and cupcakes. You know, I ran not. into a lot of problems. Deals I locked up, I couldn't sell, um, you know, title issues, all the, ti- all the issues yeah. that a business would face. That people don't really talk about. So right. in, 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 in the exactly. wholesaling world, half of the battle is getting a property, finding a property that's mm-hmm. worth, you know, buying and then putting it under contract and then taking it to the title company only find out that it's five siblings, there's a federal tax lien, right. um, all types of things which either delays or, or nullifies the buy altogether. Right. And here you are counting on this money because you spent money on marketing or lists and right. skip tracing and your effort. And now you got something coming out of the pipeline only five, five days later. The lawyer's like, mm, yeah. this is real messy. <laughs> right. That's so, the real part yeah. of it. That happened. But I figured out that it was a numbers game at the end of the day. So I was going to have deals that fell through. Mm-hmm. I just needed to make sure that I had a pipeline and I baked in those deals. So a percentage of my deals falling through. And if I can do that, then I knew that, okay, this can still be a very viable business model. You know, you're going to have some waste like every, every business has. Yeah. And you just calculate how much of your waste would be and then fill your pipeline is to, to, to mitigate that. So with, with, with doing that and you starting to grow, when did you realize, I mean, I know you said, hey, this could be a business, but when did you realize it actually was a business? Um, like what, uh, what, what, what moment? The moment where... I made a hundred grand a year. Mm-hmm. That was the point where I'm like, "Oh yeah, this this is not just a nice business for me. This can actually be a big business." Because I think it was 2016 or something. I was doing my taxes and I'm like, "Oh wait, I'm, I made six figures this year." <laughs> and the really funny thing about that is that I was not all in didn't feel like it, I, I i i i was playing halfway i wasn't like putting all forth all of my energy i yeah. was just kind of like do some deals and throw some marketing i wasn't doing it to the level that i knew in my head it could be done yeah. so for me to make six figures and i felt like i still had so much more to do so much things to implement so much more marketing ideas i haven't even tested yet i was like oh yeah this could be something that could be seven figures or beyond um, that's the moment I realized it. That first six-figure year. When did you? When you were growing to that the first six-figure year? When did you start documenting your process? Right, like how you were skip tracing, where you were pulling your list from, because that I'm I'm guessing that has to do something with your background, or because that's not a natural thing to be like, yeah, I'm gonna start doing this. Um, I'm an analytical person. Okay. So for me, it came it came like natural. This is the normal thing to do. But I didn't do it from the beginning. 
I kind of just halfway just like made a note of mm -hmm. things. Um, it wasn't until maybe about five years ago that I started to say, wait, what I'm doing is the same things over and over and over and over again. I'm not reinventing the wheel every deal. Um, so there's a method to the madness. Because for me, all I saw was madness. I'm just duct taping this together. Like I'm running <laughs> here. Like I felt like I was the magic. I'm keeping this together. I'm doing the stuff. And I'm, but at the end of the day, when I looked at it macro, I'm like, it's just the same things over and over again. The people change, the faces change, the, the numbers change, but it's the same thing. So I started to write everything down. Okay, step one, step two, step three. Then I was like, okay, let me see if I could teach someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. So I started to play around with that idea. Okay, you come here and do this, follow these steps. And they were able to pull it off for the most part, you know? So I was like, oh, okay. So if I could do that here, maybe I can do that here. So I started to take the most mundane, simple tasks and try to document it, get someone, replace myself with that. And then kind of slowly but surely you know, worked up to like the more uh, advanced tasks. Yeah. You know? Doing the more complex things that, yeah. do, that do have a variable in it. Yes. That, that you need to have some critical thinking to be able to make that decision. Exactly. So what, what was the concept to you of having a virtual system? Was it new in this career and this new venture or was it something you've done in the past? No, it was completely new. Okay. Wholesaling was my first business. Okay. I didn't have any business experience coming into it. So what was that like though? Like, like thinking that, okay, I'm going to hire somebody halfway across the world to help operate my business. Did you, did you, I'm assuming because you're a woman, you probably came into it in a more detailed perspective than the, <laughs> us guys do, but you probably, uh, what was that like? Like hiring somebody and then having to take that time and. Right. So I, I read four hour work week, okay. Tim Ferriss, very popular book. Mm -hmm. Um, that book said, oh, okay, you can hire a virtual assistant to do admin stuff. You know, his version of it is very out of, you know, out of touch, you know, yeah on the beach with a business you but know you got the story but i got the story i got i got the i got the hook so i'm like okay let me try this out and i had them do um at first email building email list be, overnight mm -hmm. so they were in the philippines so their mornings were my days vice versa so mm -hmm. i'm like okay they can do this while i sleep and i used to stay up at night i was working so i used to stay up from after work for like two hours mm -hmm. and meticulously put together my email and it took i would f literally fall asleep at the computer every night i know I and know i did feeling. this I did this for like two years straight. And then I got the assistant, I trained the assistant, told them what to do, and then they just did it. And I was like, <laughs> wait, you mean I've been sitting here like losing sleep for two years? And I was paying them like three, four bucks an hour. I'm mm -hmm. like, it cost me like a hundred bucks a week. I was like, I, I'm stupid. Why didn't I do this sooner? Didn't you know, know what I mean? Um, so that was, the, that was the seed where like, okay, this works and it's totally viable. It's a great opportunity for them and it's a great thing for me too. So it's not like they're doing this begrudgingly yeah. or, you know. And I think that's a big <laughs> misconception, right? Because most Americans, only 36% of Americans have a passport. So they've never really traveled to other countries and realized the minimum wage or the wage or a livable wage in other countries. Yes. And... You know, I have I've had virtual assistants and employees for seven years now. Mm -hmm. 
And I can tell you the wage that I pay for some very intelligent people is more than above and beyond livable wage for them in their country. Absolutely. And so their, you know, their gas prices are different. Their housing prices are different. Their healthcare prices are different. It's way, you got to understand that America is the creme de la creme when it comes to pricing things, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. don't don't compare your no. your wage. And even in America, our minimum wage is still, I think, seven twenty five an hour or, or somewhere in like, at least in North Carolina, it's like, six, I don't know, six, six seven <laughs> bucks. You know what I mean? Right. And so when you're paying somebody $5 an hour that lives in a country where you can get an entire dinner meal for $2. Yeah. Right? It's... it's, it's it's hard to wrap your head around at first um, because, you know, I, I travel too, mm-hmm. to considerably third world countries. Developing countries, yeah. You know what I mean? And people there are working for $2 an hour. If you as, that, that's good work. Right. So you as an American offer... Three, four. Three, four. That's a come up for them. And they working at home. And they working at home. They don't have to go travel and transportation in some of these countries is not good. Yeah, it's not not efficient. It's I not efficient. Yeah. It's expensive. So they can stay home. They can work for you and you can, they can make this type of money. It's a, it's a come up. So you're really doing them a huge favor and they're so thankful for the work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you find, you know. And it shows in their work ethic. And it shows. It yeah. shows for sure. So I knew, I knew from then that it was something that I could explore. Um, but I just recently started to exploit it even more mm-hmm. with transfer it over from the mon- you know from the administrative to the more complex the more complex work and you're paying a little bit more for the complex person that has a critical thinking skills that can make that can be a manager right right and tell me tell me like all right so you, you fired yourself from admin position and then it started to grow yeah you got how many what would you say like internally not for everything you do but internally for your wholesaling business mm-hmm. how, how many people you roughly got now that work with you i got about 20 people 20 people, mostly VAs, mm-hmm. all different parts of the country. And then I have, you know, some in-house people, but yeah. majority is VAs now. For and they, sure. they handle and out of A to Z from a deal, right? From A to Z, from start to finish, right? How much of that are they helping you with or managing themselves? About 80%. 80% of the deal is them. And you train that. I train them. And so this is where this is where <laughs> you and I this is where we connected, right? Mm-hmm. And so we get on Zoom, we talk, and then you said, well, let, let me show you some of my system and process. I was like, cool. I said, I got some too. You showed me, you broke out your, I said, what? So you, I forgot how many videos you had. How many videos did you have? Like about 30, 35 videos. 30, there was videos. Oh, for, no. There, videos? T- I have a, there, a thousand Yeah, videos. there was 35 courses. Courses are all internal for everybody you hire. Mm-hmm. So for every task, for every job title, for every description, there is a video series mm-hmm. for their job that Absolutely. you have built over the last five years. Mm-hmm. And she was, you, you said, well, every time I have a new thing, I go and create a new video so that they all have the process. So when I hire somebody, they go through these working things and then, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was just blown away. Because it was like a thousand videos, 35 different positions or titles or operations that was just ready to go. So out of the bucket. And I said, this is so valuable. That's why I told you, I said, I said, what you've created was so valuable. I said, where did you have the, the inclination to even want to create this? And I, I just thought it was so amazing. Now, let me ask you a question. 
because I've been doing this and have been on the public stage for the last seven years doing this. I always get this question. One, Max, why don't you have more women guests? Two, Max, why don't you have more black women guests? So that brings me to a question to you. You know, when you were doing your research and when you were coming up and when you're still doing stuff now, mm-hmm. was it discouraging not to see that many women involved? And then was it even more discouraging to not see that many black women running companies? Um, it wasn't discouraging, believe it or not. Okay. It was, um, <clears throat> it was encouraging. Okay. I like that. You know what I mean? So... First of all, I didn't, that's true. I didn't see many women or black men, women, unless they were behind the Somebody, husband, yeah. right? Or they were the help or they were the administrative piece. And that was, all, I saw that, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But in the front, um, I think it's because, number one, the information is not as plentiful in our community. Mm-hmm. You know, now that we've got you, it's, it's getting better, right? Uh, but then again, it's just access. I think it's just access. You know, when we see somebody doing something and you're like, okay, he can do that because he's a man. Or, But when I look at someone doing something, I'm like, okay, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and quite honestly, I think women have a lot more finesse. And you probably know this 100%. Any industry I've ever been in, the top, <laughs> the top 5% are majority women. Yeah. And then from when I was a real estate agent, Mm -hmm. brokerage, to when I had a bail bonding practice, I mean, a a company, to you name it, when I was in the restaurant industry, the number, the top 5% were majority women. Right. In any industry. Right. And I don't think it's because we can, it's just because enough of us aren't stepping out to do it. You know, there's a lot of women, black women out there. It's just, I don't know if they're taking enough initiative. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I hold conferences, and I used to do a lot more. I'm more laid back these days. But I used to hold more conferences and live events. And, like, when are you bringing more black women to the stage? When are you bringing more women to the stage? And I've always enjoyed learning from, you know, other women in this business because they just look at things different than I do, particularly just from a mm-hmm. man's perspective. So I enjoy learning. My friend Christina, I bring her up. She, she, she created a process for us in our company, which was brilliant. And then... You know, you have, it's such a male-dominated industry that one of the things that when we got toward getting off the phone, the the Zoom call, I said, listen, I'm challenging you, Mm -hmm. and I'm requesting you, Mm -hmm. and I want to put pressure on you to create more content so that women can look at you, and women of color can look at you as well and say, I can do the same. Because I feel like I've done that for so many um, men of color and, and men in general. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they always have, there's always somebody for you know, men to look up to. But I was able to show men of color that, hey, look, this is, look at this dude mm-hmm. with this beard. And like, yeah. So I can go do this. He's from the block. Yeah, yeah, he's, from, <laughs> he's one of us. And so I don't say that to like alienate everybody, but representation matters. Absolutely. And I've been to your We Live event. Mm-hmm. Most of you're a lot of women there. Correct. In the in the seats, there are a lot of women. Yeah. You have a lot of women followers. Handsome man. 
Yeah, and you're it, talking. You're intelligent. You, you, I'm sure it's a good demographic, probably half or more. Well, it's it's a good demographic because one, I think women of color can kind of relate to uh, my scenario, my situation more. And then right. also, you know, as a responsibility, I try to bring other successful women to the stage. One like um, Crystal Polite and Christina and Roshana, and you know, a lot of people to the stage because I know that they are they are who they say they are and they're a good representation of hustle and work right. and that everybody right. can do this. So I'm kind of hoping that you champion that to, to, and I know there's, there's a women in real estate movement. Um, a lot of them I think are based in North Carolina or around this area. And so that's a, that's another good movement. Um, there, there's just, I just want somebody to champion right. that flag. It could be more could be a lot more that's what i want more i was going to lie that's just that's what right it, it could so be more it could be a lot more um so i challenge you that's all i'm saying okay. i'm saying all I'm that just to say that i'm up for the challenge we'll see and so now you've got now you've got a business right that you probably spend out of the a to z you're you're involved about 20 to 25 percent of the operation a lot of it's automated through processes and systems that you have set up mm-hmm and so now I can kind of cons- now I do consider you the system and processes expert guru mm. that has created that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I-, I think that's I think that is the missing piece from a lot of people's business because right. here's what happens: most people can be real good at marketing. Mm-hmm. They can be real good at sales. But the, the equation that always seems to stifle the growth of most businesses is the personnel piece, the people. How do you train yeah. the people? How do you, how do you uh, create the processes for the people to come in? How do you make sure they don't mess it up? What you built, what you've done, you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> that's a problem that I faced. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I've been in this game 10 years. Now I want to start to delegate, but I don't want anyone to come in and just like tear down what I've built up. Yep. You know what I mean? Or come in and do it half halfway or not do it in a certain way. So in business, I looked at it. I'm like, okay, there's a couple, there's a few things we figured out. We figured out how to market, got that down. We figured out how to convert leads, how to dispo, how mm-hmm. to close. So I'm like, all right, so I started to play with it a little bit. I'm like, all right, oh, let's start in the top. Start with acquisition, just intaking the lead. Let's create a program for that. Just pretty when I say program, I'm talking about recording myself doing it with a screen capture. Mm-hmm. Each piece, step by step, and then I took those videos and then I put it into a course. Like anyone would take a course on Teachable or something like that where there's modules and then you get to the bottom and there's a test mm-hmm. to check to make sure you understood what you saw. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to model that and just put everything into a course. And then I'm going to create a test at the end, make sure they understood what they watched. Uh, so I tested it with those things. It worked like magic. I mean, I put them in at the end of the test. Did you have any questions? Yes. Filled in the blanks took that information so that way I can make my course better the next time. They create better better instructional videos. Right. Whatever question they had. And then they put them in and then I just offered support. And it worked. You know, they were able to do, you know, as long as I'm able to support them, they're able to do the job. You know, it's 
simple tasks. Now, I'm not giving them every, I'm not like throwing them the whole wholesaling process mm -hmm. at once. I think that's where people mess up. They bring somebody in and like, I want you to do a lead intake, a convert, close, and make sure it gets to closing. First of all, that's too overwhelming for mm -hmm. one person who's just got into real estate yesterday. Like you, you ha you're gonna have to teach them each part. So you could bring them in and say, okay, you're gonna do acquisitions. Oh, no, as a matter of fact, you're gonna just do the intake part. You're gonna do part of the acquisitions. So you teach them like that. Teach them one part, let them do the one part, get good at one part, and then if you want to move them on to something else, give them move them on, give them more responsibility, but you can't throw it all on, on them at once. So I started with acquisitions, set that up, courses for all every spot, and it worked. In fact, I was surprised because I had in-house people at the time, and the assistants worked better than you know my local people. Why do you think that is? Well, I know, I know why that is. I know, I don't, I, you know, I didn't want to admit it at first, but I knew number one is because, like you said, they're getting a better pay. Even though it's, it seems cheap to me as an American, it's, to them, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. So they're excited about the position, number one. A local person, especially if you're just starting up your business, you can afford to hire, but you're going to pay a normal wage. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be something super exciting. So the person is going to do the role, but they're not going to have that, that, you know, like, oh, my God, this is life changing. And I want to get so good at this. I want to figure this out so I can. Americans are some of them don't really have that 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 fight in them to figure things out and work their way through a company. We're in a culture now where people are job hopping, you know. Based upon salary. Based upon salary, the they're time. moving around. They're not necessarily loyal. I mean, you'll find those that will, and you, when you do, keep them, right? But um, I think that that was it. They just weren't as excited, so it showed in their work, you know? And then the work ethic piece. Well, let me get started there. Mm -hmm. The work, work ethic for the majority of Americans is, is shot. It's shot. They're discouraged. The, they're down. They ain't doing it. They're, they're, it's hard for them to focus sometimes. And I, I would just say and them, us. It's hard for us to focus sometimes you know, I, on something for a long period of time. I think part of the problem is that... Social media? I mean, that, that's definitely <laughs> reduced our attention span. Our attention span is shot. <laughs> but I think part of it is some of them want to get paid for attendance and not results. Mm, yeah. Because when you work in a business, the only thing that a business can get paid for is the result, mm -hmm. right? So if somebody's paying you, let's just keep the number simple. If somebody's paying you $10 an hour, you need to bring in, you need to be valued at somewhere around $30 an hour. And I know this probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but right. $10 an hour is what goes to you. Then I have to pay taxes on the money that I give you, mm -hmm. right? And then I have to probably provide some type of health care. And then the product still has to make a profit, right? So that can continue to provide right. the infrastructure for whatever goes on, the softwares, the applications, the building, the lights, mm -hmm. like all these things that go into equation of why I need a $10 an hour employee to generate $30 an hour. Right. And if, if I just, if you only get, if you come in and, not, and you only want to be paid for attendance, my customers don't pay me for trying. They pay me for 
the finished product. Right. Right. And so that's why I think a lot of people, there's this, there's a, there's this middle thing. And so people that not saying that the equation of working hard, but proving your worth in a company allows you to demand more pay from that company. Not because your time and grade, not because you got a perfect attendance. Mm, it's yeah. your production. Yeah, we're the American that has they've built it up where they think that, okay, after a year I'm supposed to get a raise. Uh, the seniority. They give value to seniority. Where the value is in the value you brought you bring. The value is in the I'll value. I'll give you a raise six days in if you're worth it. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like why? Because you've been here a year, do you, we feel like we should get a raise? You should be trying to show the value. It makes me Have, fire people quicker. Right. Are you, are you more valuable to one year later than you are now? And that's the question. Should be. Have. You should be. And that's when you ask for a raise. <laughs> right. <laughs> or six months in or exactly. whatever it is, but exactly. you got to do that. So what are, what are the maybe top two or three mistakes that you see new wholesalers or, you know, people that have a company, because a lot of the world's going remote now. What, yeah. are, what are the, some of the top two or three things that you see that they do wrong when they're starting out or trying to get a virtual assistant right. or try to create system and processes? Well, um, if they're wanting to grow, usually the first thing they do is increase marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I'm getting 10 deal, if I'm getting say three deals a month, I want to go to six that I need to do double the marketing. Um, but what they forget is that you now need the capacity. You need to build the capacity to handle double the marketing. So if you double the marketing, you say it's still got the same amount of people here. Can they process that many leads? And the answer usually is no. So there's going to be a diminishing return. return. Yeah. So they think that when they, when that happens, they think that, oh, okay, I need a new list. These leads are not as good as the first set. Um, and that's a mistake. Uh, they probably, more, more often than not, they probably just don't have the capacity to funnel all of the leads and now they're cherry picking and they're mm -hmm. leaving a lot of money on the table. So I think that's one mistake. Uh, when it comes to hiring virtual assistants, the second mistake they make is that they treat them like a, like a, like a widget. <laughs> Which is terrible. Yeah, like an app, you know. I'm going to hire this virtual assistant. I'm going to just like send them an email of what I want to get done and then Hopefully they do it and it's fine. And you have to treat a virtual assistant like you would treat any other hire that walks in your door. Mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, there's might be oceans away from you is, is just, you know, it's just irrelevant. It's irrelevant. You know what I mean? So um, you have to treat them like people at the end of the day. You need to train them and not just train them, but check in on them, uh, greet them, mm -hmm. have them give you progress reports. Create a team atmosphere. Create a team, give them bonuses when they do well, pat them on the back. I mean, I've talked to so many VAs at this point, probably about 100 I've interviewed, and their common gripe with working for American companies, especially real estate companies, is like they get treated like, you know. A widget. A widget, Pizza. you know. Yeah. I, only, they only, I only hear from him when there's a problem. Mm, and no team. No team. I'm just, I feel like I'm just working every, getting up and working every day. I'm doing the work, but I don't. I don't feel like I'm a part of anything. I so don't maybe know. Maybe the money is not even worth it for them at this some point. They're not giving their best. They're not giving their personal best because they don't know what happens. So when I hire a VA into my team, I not just give them the task. I show them 
what their role means to the big picture. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to talk to people and qualify leads because when we qualify leads, investors get to buy properties to, you know, build their wealth and we make money and I get to pay you and everyone's happy. And when you do your job well, then it goes over to the next team and they get to, you know, you know so they see the, they see, they see everything as it happens. Yeah. When we close deals, I let all my VAs know, hey, we just closed a deal, you know? And they may be in a different country, but they get a little notification and they're like, oh, I remember that deal. I mm-hmm. helped with that deal or whatever. So they feel a part of, they see feel a part of something. Very uh, small but important things. Very small but important, you know? Uh, so that's number two. And then I think number three is improper, you know, no training and no onboarding, nothing. Just here. And here goes an email. Here goes an email. My um, dialer. Let me know if you have any trouble. And that's it. You know, and, and the, it's very vague and very surface level. You don't show them particularly. You don't explain the what with the why. Mm-hmm. And then they're just hoping that they get it right. And VAs want to do a great job. It's in their culture, too. It's in their culture, too. So they may be afraid to ask you questions. I didn't understand that, but let me try to figure it out anyway. Then they mess up, and now you're like, oh, this VA sucks. Let me get another one. Which you completely disrupt their <laughs> lives when you do that. Exactly. You know, you know, they have family to feed. They have things going on, too. You can't just fire them with no warning, no nothing. No, no, no chance to read. You know, no one chance to Especially when you didn't themselves. train them. Right, and, and, and it was your fault. You know, so, I mean, I did it wrong. I didn't always start doing it the way I'm doing it now. I started kind of messing it up a little bit. And then yeah. I was like, okay, what did I do wrong here? And then I just got better and better. With these, with these system and processes that you created over the last five years, would you be willing to like share these with people that are ready for them? Absolutely. Okay. If they're ready for them. That yeah, because yeah, I would say that that's, I, a, that's <laughs> a big thing. So I, I, think, I think what you should do is you should probably create some type of offer a value to, to somebody that will see the value in what it is because absolutely I can tell you right now what you have is essentially a growth strategy in a box. It's an operating system. Correct. You know, my, my goal is to hopefully one day uh, be able to take what I've built in South Florida and duplicate it in a totally different market. And you're in a tough and, market. And I'm in a tough market. So if I can, t- I have all the systems for every role. I have the KPIs. I have the dashboard, everything. So it's just a matter of finding the people, which I know how to source VAs very well. Yeah. There's only a few roles in real estate that I think I actually need someone physically there for, which is to see the property. Yeah. And that's it, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if someone is ready for it, they could, you know, book a co- Which camera are you using? This this camera? This, this is your camera. Oh, this camera. is me camera? So they could book a call with me. Okay. Let's talk. Let's see what you got how, going how on. How would they find you, though? Like, how they, like, through um, Instagram? Are you going to give me a number? Yeah, I'm okay. on Instagram. I got okay. a website, michelledmurray.com. I just put that up the other day. Book a call, send a message, something. You can get in contact with Michelle me. Michelle Murray. We'll put it in the notes as well, too. Yeah. No, because I think this this part of the business is not the flashy, not the sexy side. It's the side that you need to actually grow mm. a business. Yeah. It's not, hey, I can teach you sales. Hey, I can show you how to wholesale real estate. All right, there's a million people doing those things, right? Well, less people doing sales, more people showing you about real estate that's never done a deal. 
But to actually be like, yo, this is what you need to grow your business. If you want to learn how to wholesale, don't come see me. But if you want to learn how to grow your business, come holler at me. And, you know, it's so sad because I see so many great visionaries smoke out, like, because they have, they know how to get the business mm-hmm. in the door, but they, their processes and their systems is not there. They don't have, like, you, they can get you in and then you kind of like, okay, hopefully we can get you the end result that, you, that I promised you in the beginning mm-hmm. um, because it's a lack of business and, uh, systems and process. Yeah. You know? And if they had that other piece, oh, my God. Then they can rock and roll because they oh, can it's, focus it's, to work on Because what, th- what this allowed you to do is fire yourself from so many positions mm-hmm. so that you can work on the business and not in the business. Right. So yes. you can do better. You can you can focus on what marketing's what marketing tactics work the best. You can go to mm-hmm. conferences and figure out what's do, what's the best software for this or what's the, this yeah. for that. You can spend more time figuring out how to grow or how to reach more customers and not for, worry about did this contract get executed or did, did the this title company get it? Did they did the seller get a call? Is anybody checking in with the buyer to make sure like those are the things that it takes to get the deal to the finish line. And you need them. They're they're just as important as getting the leads through the door. It's it, if, it's more important in my opinion. <laughs> right. It's more important because there's a lot of. The, I'm going to tell you why it's more important. I have seen wholesalers get deals, take it to the 50 yard line, and don't know how to communicate with the seller or oh. the buyer or the title company. Right. And the deal gets dropped. Mm. Then I get the I get the the emotionally abused, distressed seller again, yes. and will buy the deal probably for even less, right? But the transaction is so much smoother for the buyer, for the seller, for the attorney that they walk away and say, this company really is a smooth person to work with, which is what you need. Yeah, you need both pieces. You cannot, uh, you know, bring, you cannot bring the business in and then can't take care of the business properly so they get to where you told them mm-hmm. you, you were taking them. Uh, and so many people are missing that piece because the visionaries and you know are the ones we see on social media. They're pushing the this or the that, and they're asking for the this and that. Come in here, I can do this and that. But behind all of that, behind the scenes, the, the scenes is someone like what you know, someone like myself that has to sit there and meticulously build out the systems and the processes to make mm-hmm. sure they can deliver on what you said you were going to do. And if that's absent, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's a shell. Basically. <laughs> it's no. a tragedy. I think that's the big tragedy of business, you know. Yeah. Um, but I found out that people who can do processes and systems well are the minority in the business world. There's more visionaries than there are, what they call it? Uh, what, there's a word. Executors. Executors or... Inter, they have a word for it. Um, I forgot the word. I'm not smart enough. Yeah. <laughs> integrators. Integrators. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more visionaries than there are integrators by far. Yeah. And, and 100%. And that's why the best COOs, the chief operating officers and the top line managers get traded amongst the top countries in the world because those people actually can integrate the thought mm. of the CEO. CEO is just a face. Yeah. Right, they can. They have the vision. They oversee, but the people. If you go look and lift up the curtain of some of these more successful companies, like all right, everybody wants to praise Elon, 
But we know Elon is at this game. He's right, flying he here. Who's behind Elon? <laughs> right. Who's behind these very successful people, the integrators? Yeah. And that's the pulse. That's the mm -hmm. heart of a business. It's yeah. the pulse. Somebody that can integrate the thoughts and the vision of the CEO or the owner or the founder. And that's why sometimes... It's better to step down from those positions because you need to know you need you need to have a self evaluation real really understand what you're good at what you're not good yeah. at. I mean, anytime somebody comes to me and says, "You know, I want to grow my business," I say, "Okay, cool. Let's look at what you currently have." Right. And typically, I can find leads and system and processes in their current leads where they're just left they left money behind mm -hmm. on. You don't even need to spend another dime on marketing. Make this more efficient. Right. And you'll be able to squeeze yes. more money out of what you already have coming in the door. Yes. So just like you said, you, yeah, eventually you're going to have to double your marketing mm -hmm. budget. Mm -hmm. But make sure your foundation is correct. Oh, Lead generation is easy. Yeah. It's a money game. It's a. It's writing a check. It's right. Yeah. It's writing a check. But squeezing the most out mm -hmm. of what comes to your door is how you become. A, that's the difference between you being at 30% mm -hmm. margin and 50% margin. Well, see, the problem is that's too hard. Not everybody's an integrator. It's hard for someone to do that because, look, if I want to grow, let me just write the check and double the leads and then hope that I get double the, the revenue. What happens is they write the check and then they don't get double the revenue and they say that I've hit a, a ceiling of diminishing returns. No, Too competitive. No, too competitive. I need another market. No, no, no. Your process, that stuff that happens in the middle is broken. Trash. <laughs> or non-existent. Correct. So you're trying to throw fire, you're trying to throw gasoline on something where, you know, you, you don't have enough wood, you don't have enough capacity, you don't have process, you don't have a step one, step two, step three, you don't have, you're not, what are, this, what are you putting your leads through? Is it the same every time or are you guys making it up as you go? Making it up as they go? Yeah. So you can't scale that. That's chaos. You can't scale chaos. Not for so long. No, only to a certain point. Yeah. You hit, you'll hit a wall, and then you'll make up something as to why it is. It's not that. It's system and processes. So, like, people that are ready for system and processes, like real scalable, where they can confidently write that check. I'm not saying don't write the check. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying do this first, then write the check. It could be, like, fire like it's, it'll <laughs> blow up it'll just blow up on them because that's what happened to me in um before covid like 2019 i was what running what i considered a smooth operation mm -hmm. we were making a couple hundred thousand a year I'm like okay this is cool and then after covid some you know all, almost all of my in-house people left they did other stuff they were getting so, checks. Yeah. So they were getting, <laughs> exactly, they were getting checks, that free money. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to reinvent the whole process. I had to like, okay, I'm going to have to just reinvent. I just broke everything down and reinvented the whole acquisition process, whole dispo process. And in doing that, I discovered that my conversion cycle was trash. It was trash. I went into my CRM and I saw deals that were like good deals, just like you said, just we're left there, there to yeah. die. That somebody else scooped up. Yeah, someone else scooped up. Like, why did we? Well, we didn't have a process in order to catch it. There was no system. They were just going in CRM and cherry picking the easy ones. And it wasn't their fault. That's what anyone would do if they have a lot. 
You give somebody too much on their plate, they're not going to eat the whole plate. They're mm-hmm. just going to be like, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, so that's what was happening. So I was like, okay, I can't spend any more money on marketing. So I need to make my system more efficient. So I just started doing just that. And that's when I started going really ham on the systems and processes. And what happened was I was able to triple my revenue just from fixing your system and processes. Just from fixing my damn systems and processes. <laughs> and it was crazy to me because I'm like, I had, it was, I already had it. I just wasn't, I just didn't have no, so that's how important it was to me. It, it meant the difference. It was, I tripled mm-hmm. my revenue. And anytime you're, you're fixing something like that, you're going to go down before you go back up. Yes. That's the part you need to tell them too. Yes. So as Whoa. you're breaking things down, there's going to be a moment of maybe some crickets. Yes. And that's the part that I think also is why people just lean over to the, let me just write a bigger, a bigger check because they understand that, yeah, I need the systems and processes stuff, but ain't nobody got time for that. I got to break it down before I can re- to rebuild it because it's already a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you have to slow down to speed up. You may have to take a step back to take three steps forward. So most people, if they're going to do this, because they should, and it's worth it, they should understand that in the beginning, as you're doing the revamping, there's going to be a little bit of crickets, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Tenfold is worth it because you can make up for like a one or two or three. You can make that up in a month with with potentially what you can gain from having it. And then when you have, the great thing I like about systems and processes, if you can't tell, I'm very passionate about I, this. I know that. I know that. <laughs> is that when you have it, it's set. If you do it right and you take it real far, you can then walk away from it. That's the whole goal. You could turn your back and walk away from it and it continues to run faithfully for you as long as you put certain checks and balances in place to make sure that you at least can have some control. I took you to my office today and I showed you, I said, <laughs> yeah, and that we walked in and the, the front desk guy was like, oh, man, good to see you. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, Michelle, I don't come here probably <laughs> once every two weeks. And it's because we've been able to figure out an operation to the capacity that we want mm-hmm. that I'm hands off. And that's, that's, that's a beautiful That's thing. what we should all be working towards. I'm not egotistical to tell you that I am here doing 500 deals a month mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. We run at the capacity that we want to run at. And I am involved as least, as less as possible because I want to own a business, yes. not run a business. Less is more. Right. So I can go out and take the skills. My main thing is I've learned a lot of skills in the last seven years as a deal negotiator, as a wholesaler, as a real mm-hmm. estate investor, as an, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a manager, as an employer. I've learned all of these skills within the realm of wholesaling real estate and grown this operation to where we're doing development deals. Those skills are sometimes more valuable somewhere else in they're a different, transferable. yeah, they're transferable into a different career, a different thing or different, whether it's software as a service, whether it's a, you know, e-com based mm-hmm. business, whatever it is, it is, could be worth more elsewhere. So let me, let me put this on autopilot, which took a long time because I was very yeah. stubborn with, with the things you're talking about. And then let me go explore because I can go probably come over here and do like a hundred million dollars in five years. Yeah. Those skill if, and that's the part that most people like it's hard when before you did that before the it got fun 
it probably got a little crazy. Like it was it's like a lot the, of ups and downs. It was ugly before it was beautiful. Yeah, very ugly. Very <laughs> ugly. Very ugly. You know, so that part I think um is where we like we get in our own way, in our own head, and be like, well, it, you know, it might not be worth it. Let me just stick to what I know. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the skills, you can use those same skills somewhere else, but you have to be able to turn your back and know it won't crumble behind you. And that's where the, you know, you need to have like something there and you not just need a system with all your roles. You need a management layer on top of that. Something to where, you know, it still is consistent. It could still bring you money to fund your trips or your exploring your fun part. That's mm-hmm. when I think that's when entrepreneurships get gets real fun. Right. Having 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 a business that generates money that you can set money aside to then use your money and your skills to pounce on any opportunity that presents itself is the true thing of real estate. Right? Like I'm really not that smart. I've just been able to put some money aside. I've learned from my bumps and bruises. And when an opportunity comes that requires a half a million dollars or whatever it is, I could jump on it and quadruple that in a moment's time just because of all the skills that I've had from the past and then having that money available. The rich get richer. That's how the rich get richer. They spend a certain amount of time in a certain business. They build it up to where they can take that money and then play real life monopoly. We buy two red houses, one green house. And yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Next thing you know, we and got then they hotel. just go somewhere and they come back and they're, because I think real estate is the, the easiest play, but you have to have the money, you know? And if you have the money, you have so many options. You could buy businesses. It's, it's the easiest play because everybody understands it across the world. Yeah. We all know we need housing. We all know we need commercial spots for mm-hmm. whatever. We all know that. So yeah. you don't have to explain that across the board every time you create a new this or that but i I, that's why i love real estate i love what it's taught me i love what it's done it's a beautiful thing i love it so michelle i have a question for you so imagine where you are sitting Mm -hmm. is the world stage and everybody in that camera oh wow is the entire world and you have one minute to talk to the entire world what would you say well entire world (laughs) (laughs) Why you do this to me, Max? Because I, I think it's important. I think it's important. <laughs> no, don't think about it. You gotta okay. keep going. No, no, keep no, going. No, no. All right. So, look. Find something you love, and build it. Build it and make it duplicatable, predictable, and consistent. And then have that fund your ideal lifestyle. Because I feel like we don't all get into business to run a business. I think business is a means to an end. So we need to find out what that end is and then work our ass off and then we get there. And then it's, 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 it builds upon itself. Like when you get into one business, like then all of a sudden, like all these opportunities, all these doors open for you that is just like, like one door leads to another, to another, to another, to another. So I think taking care of that first business is key. If yeah. you can just fight through it and get that first business up, then everything else will get easier. That makes total sense. Um, it's, it's a good message because I talk about 
that you, you typically need about a good five solid years of a hustle on something yes. that can really generate you some money to be able to set up the rest of your life. Yes. That's all you need. Yes. So this whole work 30 years and work 25 years, it's not the truth. No, that's a lie they sold us. And I'm not saying you got to go out there and make $50 million. No. I'm saying you got to find something that produces a lot of money within the first five years, gain financial education, and then... Make it work for you. And you got to stick to something long enough. There you go. Because I think that's that what one our thing. problem. That one thing. You got to stick to it. You got to see it through all the crap that happens. Yeah. You got to fight through all of that. And then you get to the other side. And it could take five years. Solid five years. of just having your head down. Yeah. And not and just having blinders on. And then when you come out on the other side of that, you'd be like, oh, okay. It was worth it. Hell yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> Well, look, uh, Michelle, this has been fun. Yes. Um, I've enjoyed this. I hope the audience has enjoyed this. Um, I'm, I'm personally recommending that people at a certain point need to reach out to you. Um, we're going to put your Instagram handle, your website, mm -hmm. and how to contact you to talk to you. Yeah. So be ready for the people. But keep in mind, fellas and ladies and business and entrepreneur people, make sure that you, you don't reach out to her if you're not ready for that conversation. Because she's yeah. going to be brutally honest. She's going to tell you what you oh, need yeah. and make that happen. So um, I appreciate you coming all the way out here to jump on the podcast and absolutely, the show. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, probably gonna, they're probably going to be seeing a lot more of you around my page because I really enjoy the conversations we have. I enjoy the content that you put out. And I'm going to be pressuring you to get more in the forefront to be able to show people that it is possible yeah. to do what you're doing. I'm up for the challenge. I think it's... Um I'm to a place where it's about time mm -hmm. and I feel like I've got something that a lot of people are missing. So however I can help and share it and share it, I think it's, it's going to be received really well and they're going to see the fruits of it. And I'm excited to see their results. I love it. I love it. So there you have it, guys. This is the Max Maxwell Show. I am your host, Max Maxwell, and I appreciate you guys watching. If you are watching right now on YouTube and you're not a subscriber, do me a favor because it costs you absolutely nothing. Hit that subscribe button. If you like this video or you like the conversation that I had with Michelle, smash the like button and don't forget to go follow her on all social platforms. And if you're listening anywhere on Pod World, give me a five-star rating. It encourages us to keep going. My entire team puts this together so you guys can enjoy some valuable information. And I appreciate you like always, and I'll see you in the next one. I'm out. Peace.